When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Screen Talk. I'm Eric Cohn. And I'm Ann Thompson. And we are both on the West Coast this time for the uh, can day, sea day, as we like to call it, or I do, because it's always a, a crazy morning where we get up early to hear the can line up, except where we are, you'd have to do that at two o'clock in the morning. So so we didn't quite commit. I to did not do that. I, I got a good night's sleep. <laughs> Usually uh, I get plenty, up at 5 a.m. and it's kind plenty of, of time, morning. plenty of time to uh, also they've got a, an English translation, which helps of the press conference. So I experienced it the way that you usually do, which is uh, after most of the the news is out and going back and, and watching the press conference as a recording. Uh, but it was it's it's still fun. It's still a rush to suddenly ingest all the, these new movies that are right around the corner. A lot of which were, were predicted on our wish list a few weeks ago. But it's what are what, the big things it, that are missing? Well, it's 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 fascinating because it's you know, it's a hodgepodge of a lot of really kind of it's an old school can lineup if you look at the competition it's a hodgepodge of of, of auteurs that we've heard of before you know from um yeah Akitari's many Maki, auteurs who've right. been there from salon yeah. you right. know to to Bellocchio well, yeah. right or, 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 or Todd Haynes and Catherine Bria but you also have a lot of first timers including uh you know not the, in the competition well in, in the most competition, of them are in that regard yes but there is a first time filmmaker from uh from Just one. Africa, Ramada yeah. Tulaya Sai, uh, with a with a film that that looks very strong, and and there are other filmmakers like uh, you know um, Tranan Han or uh, hey, but he's say, been at Cannes before. Has, he has been, but I mean not that doesn't have a the same sort of profile. So I, I do think that this is a sort of section where it's like you kind of have to see the films to really understand. Is it did Cannes just sort of toe the line you or know how they, they are they go they go with the old timers they they're nothing if not loyal they managed to squeeze in six women god forbid this time thankfully um you know and and then and then they have you know when the other thing he Terry can't help himself. He's like patting himself on the back that there's one documentary in the competition. It's yeah, such a, I mean, I, it's such I a big deal to have yeah. a doc in competition, but which makes me a, crazy. High profile one. You know, it's 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 interesting because I was thinking about this. How it was sort of like now Jeunesse that you have, by Wang Bing. It's a Chinese filmmaker. Yeah. Now that you uh, have uh, so many documentaries winning major prize. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, Laura Poitras won the top prize at Venice this past year. That's right. And then a documentary won the one at Berlin Ale as well. So it almost seems like it's sort of a reflection of wealth. If can is behind the curve, but can will catch up and then make a statement. They about always it. have to make so. room for those old auteurs and they have to make room for their French uh, filmmakers. You know, they they can't leave them out. 
Although it's worth noting, I mean, right now there's year. there's there's actually three Italian films. In this is unusual. Fewer yes. French films, although you know we don't know. I mean, as you mentioned Yorgos Lanthimos. We don't know is that going to Venice or is it going to be added later? So far, we have 19 films. Last year there were 21 in competition, so it it does end up being a sort of situation where it's like we don't really know. But there are fewer French films and Italian films. That that that's sort of striking. Um, you do no, he get, was making a point there were more American films also. Yes, you know? although so, certainly so not we've got Wes Anderson, who's a half European, but he's still right, American. Yeah, we can yeah. still claim him he with Asteroid the, City. Yeah, but but he is sort of uh, him and Todd Haynes are, are the only are the only ones in the competition. Um, so that is itself kind of notable. I mean, as usual, and you know, we don't have a country that subsidizes filmmaking so by the government. So so that's that's usually the case. And they have barely Jones. mentioned John Jean Dubarry, the by May when who's under some, a cloud at the moment, the, the opening right. night movie, right. definitely she's out of a, competition now. The <laughs> journalist claims that, that she assaulted him in public. I don't mean to yeah. laugh because it's a serious subject. But it, but it is a situation that is um, sort of like that kind of inevitability where it's like you're always going to have a scandal around something. It seems scandalous enough. Just, you know, Johnny Depp on the red carpet. We talked about that before. But but it is, a, you know, I, it's, it's a kind of lineup where you look at it and it's just it, it's exciting because of so many unknowns when you go through in certain regard and you look at films like. How to Have Sex by a British director, Molly Manning Walker. And it's I've, I've heard it's a really good debut. These are the things that, that will be more exciting to talk about once we go through the lineup and see th these films, much less than like, you know, how 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 is the new film from Marco Bellocchio or even Nuri Bilga Ceylon, who I really like. But you kind of know what you're signing up for in that respect. So it's 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 going to potentially be a little less of a surprise what those films are going to be like. Ruben Oslin being the president of the jury, though, is that brings very in another dimension. Um, I mean, I, I, I do love Terry, you know, for telling the story of how he find, you know, he saw Ken Loach's new movie, which is called The Old Oak, and it's set in Wales and it's about immigration. And he, and he goes on and on about you know, And I love Ken Loach and Ken is nothing if not loyal to Ken Loach, who has hardly a box office profile anymore anywhere. I mean, very few people see his films. Very few people who are 86 years old have a box office profile. And period. he's making another uh, making another film. Uh, I just R Ridley I just love that, you know, how he how he called him you know, yesterday to tell him that he was in. in the, and then Vim Vendors, another aging uh, auteur, has two films, one of which is a doc one. And the doc isn't in the competition. The one um, about Anselm Kiefer 3D. I love it. Vim Vendors goes back to 3D. Yeah, like that Peanut Bash documentary. Yeah. Fantastic. And of course, he won the Palm d'Or back in the 80s for uh, Paris, Texas. So it, it really is. It's old school, but not necessarily in a bad way. I mean, the Karismaki film Fallen Leaves, he hasn't made a film in quite a few years. I love his sort of deadpan style. Of course. Of Always course. a little social commentary in there. You know, it's not like I'm not excited to see those things. A24 has um, the new Jonathan Glazer film, The Zone of Interest. It's his first time in competition. And it's his, his first, first time in the selection at all. Yeah. Yeah. And his first film since Under the Skin. Can't which, wait. You know, I think there's a lot of anticipation for this one. Yeah, I, I I'm excited. It could be and good I, or bad. And I love Sandra Hula, right? The Remember her from from uh, from that German comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. She was fantastic. She's a great actress. Jessica Hausner, another great one. She's got Club Zero. 
Kareem Anus, who's a terrific Brazilian director, has Firebrand with Alicia Vikander and Jude Law. That is so, great. That's Henry VIII and Catherine yeah. Parr. And it's, uh, it's, I guess, what they call a, a bodice ripper. <laughs> I'm looking well, forward but, to that. That one's yeah. That one's got my name on it. Yeah. And then you have the stuff out of competition, which, you know, we kind of knew we knew most of this stuff, whether through Cannes official confirmation or or rumors that we were able to confirm. We knew the Scorsese film would be out of competition. It's given Harry went on and on about how he wanted it to be in competition and never really explained why it wasn't unless unless he's saying that 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 Martin Scorsese is continuing to work on it. That's what he basically I, I, sounded like, which I don't I don't know how real that is. But what I had heard was more there's a, com- a conversation from various stakeholders in a project like this about whether or not a Scorsese film should be seen as competing with anything as opposed to just giving it its own place. You know, if it didn't win something that would be bad PR for the movie. If it's it true, that's probably happen, why they're doing it. That would be from yeah. my point of view, that would be the distributor reason yes. for not that's being the, a sort of the Apple. And, and you know, the, the other thing was interesting is he pointed out that it's an Apple Paramount project that's getting a big theatrical, aka no. Netflix oh, yeah. He made still, a big point about et cetera, that. Et so and then, of course, and there are no any- Netflix movies in, in the lineup yeah, because no Netflix wants to be in competition. They don't want to put their movie. They could be in there if they wanted to be out of competition, but they don't. Yeah, so that one continues anon. And then Indiana Jones, we knew about. They're giving Harrison Ford a special award. And that's I'm a typical, you know, market launch, basically. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, last year, Top Gun Maverick, right? Right. Does this movie get that kind of boost? I mean, apparently it cost $300 million to make this film. I mean, I saw the trailer the other day. and Looks you know, good. It certainly looks like a big budget CGI spectacle, which is weird to see, you know, because like the last Spielberg. That's a very large number. That's a very big number. Someone will have to kind of unearth the the specifics of it. I'd like to know if that's Um, real. But it's also hard to tell, you know, how commercial it really is. I mean, that franchise certainly, you know, 15 years ago when the last one came out, it was not. I mean, it did well commercially, but it was not well received. I'm optimistic based on the materials I've seen and the fact that it's James Mangold, who's also a good writer and who did a great job with Logan. And I mean, he's just very good. You know, I loved uh, Ford versus Ferrari. He has a good, strong. He's one of those rare filmmakers who has a strong sense of what um, sophisticated adult movies can look like at the same time that they're commercial. Yeah, well, very I mean, few filmmakers can pull that off. That's obviously why he got the gig. I mean, Spielberg, I'm sure it was tough for Spielberg to decide that he could not he would not be directing an Indiana Jones movie for the first time. So the last Indiana Jones movie was the sort of thing where it was like points for effort. There were some interesting ideas in it, but even Spielberg has sort of admitted that it didn't work. And it seemed like it was just a hodgepodge of you know, what he and George Lucas were sort of dreaming up conceptually. And then the whole Shia LaBeouf thing didn't really click at all. So, you know, it is what it is. This one certainly seems more promising. Does it go as far as Top Gun Maverick and wind up being not only a blockbuster, but but an Oscar movie? I suppose that one's going to be an interesting question. It's an interesting time uh, for Harrison Ford. I mean, he's got his series yeah. Shrinking, which has gotten good reviews. He's very good in 1923, my Taylor uh, Sheridan favorite, and and opposite Helen Mirren. And, and they're going to give him a special award. And right? last year you covered the Tom Cruise one, which obviously launched all of that. So I suppose the, the pieces are there. 
in a way. And Hopefully then one, he has more to offer than Tom Cruise did. Yeah, well, I, I, don't, I wouldn't hold your... Uh, With Harrison Ford, it could be more of the same. He's, he's, he's another funny. reluctant uh, person to be uh, grilled. But, he doesn't like it. in a like different it. way. I almost feel like it's performative with him. He knows he'll get laughs for being sort of like cranky in front of an audience. You know, like there's that great clip from uh, an AFI tribute to, I think it was John Williams, where he comes out on stage to present to him and they play the Indiana Jones music. And he says, that damn music follows me everywhere. And everyone's just dying. You know, <laughs> it's like, he's actually pretty good at performing Harrison Ford in public. Tom Cruise, performing Tom Cruise is maybe less exciting. It's, uh, it's uh, I would say it's actually quite boring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then one other film we should note, it's not a film, uh, out of competition is a TV series, although it, it appears that it, they don't designate it that way on, you know, in the officials. Um, I see. He mentioned it in the conference as a first in a, in a series. So this yeah, is yeah, the so Steve McQueen. No, no, I was, I'm talking about the idol. Um, which is uh, Sam, Sam Levinson's the showrunner on this, although he wasn't the original showrunner. It's, it's the weekends series um, where he plays a, you know, a, a music star. Amy Simons was originally a showrunner on this and, and was replaced. So there's a little bit of behind the scenes drama about it, but it gets the weekend to can and it brings some and, and obviously Sam Levinson, son of Barry, uh, showrunner yeah. behind Euphoria. Yeah, which is huge. But there's Not a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a little cloud around him. Yeah, no. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that Euphoria itself is a show that in, has a lot of controversial takes on it, but it's it's a huge hit. It's the second biggest HBO yeah, show yeah. after Game of Thrones internationally, too. So it's it's really interesting, especially as you remember that um, Zaslav was at David Zaslav was at Cannes last year where they. They with had Elvis. Elvis, right? And now, you know, this this week, HBO Max became Max and all this stuff is happening and and they're coming back with a TV series. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. We know he's uh, Zaslav's going to co-host a party at Cannes this year. So that will be a narrative that will, that will come out of um, something, something about the presence of that particular studio at the festival. Um, and then, you know, the rest of it. I mean, you mentioned the Steve McQueen thing. So that is uh a four-hour documentary called Occupied City, which I'm certainly looking forward to, but I, I don't know if I'll be able to make the time to see it on the ground. So fingers crossed, but but who knows? And, um, and He's actually all- right. It's, it's, I'm, I, it sounds interesting. It's about Amsterdam, but it also goes into the... The, it's, a, it's about the history of the occupation of, of Amsterdam yeah. during World War II. So that's right. interesting. Yeah. yeah, look, I'll see anything that guy makes. I mean, he's one of the greats. And then Victor Arise who made The Spirit of the Beehive, you know, one of the great kind of supernatural dramas ever, uh, has his first film in like 30 years, uh, Close Your Eyes, close, uh, which uh, which is out of competition, but maybe to make room for some of those women directors that they got in there, I'm not exactly sure, but um, but it's, it's interesting that, that he's still working after all these years as well. Um, so beyond can i do think we should note that there's a film opening this week that totally feels like the kind of film that could have been a can film and that's i was afraid ari asked yeah. me, so i was watching it and i was thinking this i was like this he is the should kind have of film gone to can with this i'm sure i'm he, serious that that guy a cinephile director like would have he's never ari been astor should be yeah. a can auteur there's absolutely no question about it. it that's what this film proves uh, i mean this is a movie i'm gonna give it you know, Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, inherent vice, maybe Charlie Kaufman, Synecdoche, yep. New York. Now, what e- what did the, both of those needs, things needs bring up? They bring up movies that are not successful. This is not going to be a successful movie. It cost a lot of money. What was, what's the budget of this so movie? It was, 
35 million, 35 which is million? Not, it's not crazy by Hollywood standards, but it is the most expensive movie AB24 has produced. And it. so they paid for it. They didn't share it with anyone. They they paid for this movie. And he, he keeps thanking them. You know, it sounds a lot like uh, I have to say, it sounds a lot like uh, Babylon's filmmaker, Damien Chazelle. It's sort of like, thank you, studio, for being so stupid as to invest in, in my project. You know, thank you for investing in me and believing in me when it was a very foolish thing. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I look, Hereditary, which was his first film, was a huge global hit and also had a real impact on sort of the a genre movie, a horror film. And yeah, the second Midsummer film was a horror film, well. too. Yeah. 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 So this Midsummer. film. Yeah. It's just, certainly it's disturbing. It's not it's a, a horror film. It, I would yeah, argue I would that it's a horror. Tired. It's a nightmare it's is what it is. It's a nightmare of, of, of Oedipal complexes. Proportions. Yes. Yeah. I, I also found it hilarious. I really it's very it. funny. Um, I loved how it has all these different parts to it. Like it starts out where it's like Joaquin Phoenix is in this like sort of almost quasi dystopian New York of, of anxieties. And, and it's like after hours or something. And then it becomes something very different. And then it becomes something very different. Well, it has a road movie else. aspect to it because he's yeah. on a journey. He's trying to get home to his, his yeah. mother's house. It's it's really it's it, one of the reasons it's funny is that it it it, it takes it, it just lays it on very thick one nightmare after another, like the worst thing that could happen to him. He's already afraid. He's already neurotic. He's already halfway not compass mentis. And he's like barely, barely functioning anyway. And he has to right. go through one thing after another. A, and and it's beyond it, you can't even dream it up. Some of this. That's the thing you ask yourself at the end. You go, who dreams this up? Right. And this is a from what crazy mind is <laughs> actually this very like kind of soft spoken, affable guy. Like, yeah, you know, that was always what's funny about those kinds of people. It's not usually what you expect. Uh, but this is a script that was written a, a lo- quite a long time ago. And I, I believe was sort of floating around. So it's clearly not something you can get made as your first feature. It only exists because you're successful. Yes, exactly. But it's still three hours long and therein lies, lies the rub. Like I'm willing to say this is incredibly brilliant and, and he holds the tension brilliantly. I mean, really well for, for about two hours, (laughs) he really pulls it off. And then there's these um, sort of theater, theater, you know, stage plays and animation sequences. Oh, I loved that. I thought that was amazing. He lost me. He lost me there. Extraordinary. It was was animation done by these two Chilean directors. Beautiful uh, to look at. That's not the issue. It just, um, it's almost 20 minutes long. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I didn't get, I wasn't bored by it. I mean, I, I just it's not a question like of being bored. It's a question it. of being pulled out of the movie and you're sitting there, you go, okay, what's real? What's not real? What, 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 what's going on? When, where is he really, you know, and, and what is true for him and what is true for this story? It's a, it's a very, very audacious stunt. Yeah. That he and how many American directors pull that off these days? I mean, that's what's exciting. That's why I felt like with the can question, it's like we if you want to put American cinema on a world stage, this is a really good reflection of how you pull it off. It's just I wonder if they showed it bird. to them. I what don't do know. Think? I I suspect A24 did this very strategically because Midsummer also did not play at a film premiere at a film festival, right? So you, you sort of eventize. The actual they're looking they're looking for as much commerciality as they can find. And And, and Cannes is unpredictable. I think, you know, here's the thing. You take it to Cannes. Maybe you win a prize. Maybe it gets good reviews. It doesn't necessarily set the stage 
for the release, but this is not under the Silver Lake or, or Southland Tales or something. It would no, it's not like that. Better. It's not you as know? bad as those films at all. Those films would, were yeah, disasters. It, it wouldn't exactly. It's not just like the auteur wants to be in competition, so we're going to give it to him. It's like it's the kind of movie that that you want to see kind of celebrated as cinema, but That's it's also a costly feel. investment. I really, that would have been good. It would have been good for him and it would have been good for the film to be in, in, in Cannes, I believe. But, but you know, but, a lot of people are afraid to go to Cannes because of the reaction. And also it's expensive to go there. You got to fly the talent down and all that kind of stuff. A24 has the Jonathan Glazer movie and we'll see what that's like. But it is, you know, it is unfortunate in a way. Um, but I, I got to tell you, Anna, I'm, I'm excited to talk about Bo is Afraid more. I hope that we continue to have excuses for it. I hope that it doesn't just completely fade from the conversation just because, you know, you don't think it's going to well, make I believe that Joaquin Phoenix delivers a performance that is extraordinary and and deserving of, of award, awards attention. But the question there is that if you have a movie like this that likely goes out to mixed reviews, that's what it's gotten so far. And and you get you get a kind of muted response at the box office. It's an art film. It is a not there's no other way to describe it. But as an art film and the limits on our films, even if it does appeal young, um, the limits on art films are 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 pretty pretty low now, right now. Yeah, so I just to see the cinema it, it can't possibly make its money back. Even if even if it cre- if it creates a certain buzz of of people needing of a certain cinephiles needing to see it, you know, as a must see, that there will be some who who see it that way. But it's not. It can't be a word of mouth hit. It just isn't going to happen. You know, it's interesting. We saw a trailer this week for The Sympathizer with Robert Downey Jr., that new TV show based on the novel. And uh, it's uh, it, that's the most expensive A24 TV show to date. They're producing mm. they produce a lot of TV. And this is the most expensive movie. And I feel like on a certain level, it's, it's sort of a re- reflection of maybe chapter two of a 24 or something like after moonlight where, where they went with Ari Aster. And now we're going to probably see these investments going to movies that might seem like safer commercial bets. I, I don't know, so. but yeah. I mean, what that commercial bet looks like. They made a lot of money with everything lens, everywhere all yeah, at once. You it know. can still be exciting stuff. It just, it, it might not be, you know, an auteur passion project. Having said that, I'm really glad this movie got made. I'm excited to see it again and just like talk to people about it. No, I mean, when you sit there, this is a filmmaker. He's up there with, you know, Robert Eggers or PTA. I mean, he's 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 got the control of the medium, uh, the look of it, the way the camera moves, the way the editing takes you from one place to another. It is it is extraordinary filmmaking. There's no other way to look at it, Uh, uh, although there are plenty of people who are just absolutely dumping on it completely. So in any case, uh, it's not the only movie that's been getting some early, some initial reactions this week. There's also Renfield, which I was not privileged enough to see, but I believe you you had. I can't you believe had, I actually yeah. went to see Renfield. I had, I had <laughs> heard not? that Nicolas Cage, your bud, your fave, and, um, and Nicholas Holt, actually, that the concept of the uh, codependent who works for a monster <laughs> and can't get away from the control of the monster, that this was a he goes to a he literally goes to to a codependent group. And then if people talk about about their their issues with 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 their bosses and their relationships, he it belongs there and it works. That concept works. And the and 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 both men are fantastic in this movie. But there's an Aquafina subplot. 
there's a gangster subplot, there's ridiculous blood spurting fighting. And if you've just seen a John Wick movie, you don't want to see this one. You don't want to see this kind of sloppy, stupid action that doesn't make any sense and is just a waste of time and screen time. So the movie devolves into something uh, very formulaic. And I was disappointed by that. I, I did get this sense just because there, it wasn't launching it like, you know, a, a bigger like South by Southwest or something like that. There was something about it where I couldn't quite put my finger on it. It felt like maybe it didn't quite connect. But, the, you know, Nicolas Cage factor is always like he's fantastic in it. Me, he's right? hilarious and and utterly entertaining. And and Nick Holt is 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 fantastic, too. Um, the two of them are very good, but it, it's really too bad that they couldn't support that high concept with a good movie i'm just gonna throw it out there but i i do feel like the vampire i know that robert eggers is doing his nosferatu too finally but the the vampire conceit is a little played out at the movies and tv shows that we're seeing lately i mean i love what we do in the shadows but that's a great comedic vampire story do we need another kooky one i think these are the conversations people need to start having came up with a decent premise for this that could have sustained uh, i don't know how it's going to do at the box office it may be that what they're giving the audience is what they want but uh, <laughs> i don't i hope not well speaking of giving audiences what they want you also finally tuned into succession this past week which i think is hilarious isn't that hilarious i've not so been watching my it. daughter was over and she's been watching it and i happened to, I, I bailed after the first episode a lot of people have have said to me that that first the first episode or two aren't very very that's good the problem with tv is that when people say that you don't want to commit the time to get to so the i just stuff. i was watching billions at the time and they just seemed very similar to me and i was loving billions for whatever reason and i dumped it so i never got into it but my daughter was over and I was curious. And I, I also picked up <laughs> on the fact that this was going to be a big episode. Big one, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So were, I had picked rumors. up on that. So I said, why not? I mean, I I have to tell you, I have absorbed over the years a great deal of information about the, the series. I really didn't get lost at yeah. all. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Logan Roy is, is such a, a brilliant creation and pop culture figure now that it's like he sort of absorbed his existence, even if you don't watch. I wasn't show. lost. I um, mean, I really was pretty good. I mean, I, I, was, I, I, I said, is should... Connor one of the children? You know, I, I needed a little. <laughs> yeah, right. No, well, yeah. hey, Connor is sort of confusing if you don't get that dynamic. But the thing that is, we, we may as well not spoil it because maybe people are, are catching up. I, I took. I don't think to anyone could have. I mean, it's been spoiled. I, well, Spoiler so alert. Say. OK, it's been spoiled everywhere. No, well, was, I, I couldn't see it for like two days after it aired. So I was like really afraid it was going to get spoiled. And the thing is, what happens in this episode is notable because it was also the way that the show kind of began was that it introduces this question of what happens when the, the kind of star of the show goes away what sort of impact is going to happen, but they spent like four seasons now assembling all these pieces. So now it's like you have all this additional stuff to figure out in the wake of the main character not being around anymore. The main so. thing I asked Nora was, is this how they always shoot these episodes? Because it was a remarkable um, feat of, of, of handheld moving camera work. Going yeah. in close on the yeah, they, siblings, they yeah, they getting each of their reactions. Yeah. Each of them is getting on the phone with their father. Yeah, the, the whole was thing was really impressive. Yeah, and it wasn't one of the funnier episodes. Obviously, I mean, the, the, there no. are some really funny moments. I can't compare it. <laughs> no, it is sometimes. Sometimes it's really just you know like this kind of 
caustic humor is just constant and you but you got glimmers of that that reminded you you were still watching the show but a lot of it was also you know very tragic in a way even though these are all awful people Kieran Culkin is is you know one of the great breakouts of the show I mean Brian Cox we knew was a great actor and and um, obviously Jeremy Strong has has got a real bump for it but Kieran Culkin is just such a, a great kind of gnarly figure on this show but i guess what i'm curious about is are you going to keep watching now sure now i now i have a total investment in seeing how these (laughs) these people all come out i mean there's some theories that that um tom is going to come out ahead or whatever or he's going to get back together with his estranged wife i mean all of this is fascinating i can't wait to see what happens all right well next week we'll have to talk a bit more about succession uh we'll have some more movies to catch up on to that we can talk about maybe some can editions who knows and um we'll stay away from oscar buzz if we can but let's see how it goes see you soon and okay bye bye eric (laughs) 